Hello, welcome back to another travel log. I still don't know if that's the right word. Someone's going to have to tell me. Anyway, so last time I talked to you, I was, I was somewhere. I don't know where I was. See, this is a theme. <laughs> I never know where I am. So I was somewhere. I think I was north of, yeah, I was definitely north of Valencia. That's where I was. I was between Barcelona and Valencia. No one cares. So <laughs> since then... Since then, quite a lot has happened. Quite a lot has changed. So, from there, I went down to Valencia. And after a long ride, I'm getting right into it, by the way. I don't like it. You know me. I don't like a lot of fluff at the start. I said this last time, so I'm just getting right into it. So, I went to Valencia, right? And after a long ride, as you know, I like to check into like a hostel or an Airbnb or something like that, you know, even though it's not really a long ride, but still. And so I went to a hostel, right? And I went there and there was no one there. I, I'm, I'm fairly sure for like for a good few hours, I was the only person in the hostel. The, the woman at the front was like, yeah, there's a place on the top, top floor. There's like, you know, like a party room and like everything like that. I'm like, cool. So I'll go up there. There's no one there. <laughs> and so I uh, draw on my map, you know, see where I've been. And I'm just waiting. I'm waiting and... Then I start thinking, what am I waiting for? And I'm waiting for people, which for me is quite strange because I like to be alone. I like solitude. I enjoy the solitude, you know, where I can really think and, uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. Think about who I am and ponder life's lessons and life's lessons that it hasn't given me yet and that it has given me and then trying to figure them all out. Sounds very interesting, right? So, but I, I kind of felt I felt kind of lonely, you know? Like, I think I hadn't had contact with humans <laughs> in a little while. And so I felt like kind of lonely. So I just wanted someone to, it, I, I knew that if anyone, while I was, you know, writing in my map, I knew that if anyone opened that door and came right in, I'd be like, hey man, how's it going? Like in, <laughs> immediately. So no one came. I know, poor me. And then, uh, so I went down, I went down into town and checked it out, you know, walked around, did my whole thing of, uh, my thing is, I park the bike. I'm sure I've said this before. I park up the bike and then I walk away from the bike and then just continue to walk around. And then after about half an hour or an hour, I play the game of, where did I leave the bike? And sometimes in Hanoi, it took six hours in the rain. Anyway, so <laughs> I do that and I come back and I go up to that top floor again thinking, is someone going to be there? So, oh man, I'm feeling sorry for myself now. So I go, uh, go back up there and there's a couple of people there. I'm like, oh, cool. So I go up to this one guy who's just standing kind of next to the bar. And as is always the case, I woke up and I go, hey, man, how's it going? <laughs> you guys know this. This is my move. right?" So I say, hey, man, how's it going? We start chatting, right? We end up chatting for the rest of the night, right? And his name is Linus or Linus in England English or American English. But Linus for here is Austrian. He's 23. He's, uh, it sounds like blind date or something, <laughs> something less English. It's like, suitor number one. His name is Linus. He is 23 and Austrian. He's vegetarian. And he has a very big bag that on the back of motorcycles is extremely heavy. I'll take suitor number three, please. So <laughs> I end up chatting to Linus, right? And he's such a cool guy. Like he's, uh, this sounds even more like blind date. Anyway, so <laughs> we, uh, we agree on so much. You know, he's vegetarian. He's uh, kind of, he has a lot of thoughts about the way that life should be, 
And like, there's so many little things that we agree on. Like, the use of money is strange. I mean, everyone knows that, but like, and it's like makeup. We're not fans of makeup. Stuff like that. It's like deodorant. Why? Are you, wh- what? <laughs> you know, hippie things. I guess you could say. So anyway, we. Uh, and then the next day, the next day, he's like, "Man, I'm." Uh, so I found this out the the previous day actually. He goes, "Man, I'm I'm hitchhiking from Austria to Morocco," and I and we were in Valencia. I said, "Wow, cool. Why uh, Why are you going down there?" He said, "Man, because I'm cold." I'm like, man, we are the same person. So he's hitchhiking down to Morocco uh, uh, for the winter, basically. He's like a bird. He's going south for the winter and then going to hitchhike back. And so I said, man, I have, I have a spare helmet. I have a, I have a jacket. I've got the back seat of a bike. Got your name on it, dude. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so that was our plan. So that's what we did. So we left Valencia. <laughs> it was funny actually we uh we, we got all this stuff on the bike and right okay i'm gonna paint a picture of the bike right now so it's it's got two saddlebags one either side right and they are full they, they weren't but they are now <laughs> with linus's stuff and you know food and then it's got my bags on the back it's got like a squarish bag leather bag with uh, my tent my sleeping bag, stuff like that. And then it's got another one with all the stuff for the bike, you know, spare fuel and everything for the tires, stuff like that, right? And so on top of the stuff on the back is his backpacker's bag. You know those ones that are like, that, like if you see someone that's like under five foot five, then it's about the same height as they are. And they look like a, a really weird, aggressive turtle, you know? And so, uh, see, so he has one of those, so we whack that on the back and strap it on with all these straps. And then my bag, my riot bag, R15, best backpack in the land, that is strapped on top of the tank just to weigh it out a bit. Because if I didn't, I think if I didn't put that there, We'd be doing wheelies all the way through Spain. So <laughs> that's on the front, right? And uh, the bike is very heavy. The bike is extremely heavy now. It's actually about a thousand pounds now, including the bike and us. So, uh, so yeah. <laughs> so we set off there. And the first place we go is a place called B Corp. That's how we've been pronouncing it B I C O R P. Man. Take a look on Google Images, and that is that's what it's like. There's these little pools, and like you can kind of you can see all the way through the water. It's so clear, that type of thing, you know. And it's all in the mountains and stuff. And uh, and he's got all his camp stuff. He's got a tent, and so have I. And so we go out into the mountains, and we go to ten, we go to camp, like, and we walk for so long to try and find the perfect campsite because it's actually illegal to camp in Spain. So, um, but obviously we don't care. So. We, we're responsible people, you know. And so uh, we go up into the mountains and we walk for what seems like, I don't know, maybe it's half an hour. It's over all these rocks and stones and we climb and we climb over this little kind of wall bit. And uh, yeah, and so we find the perfect place. We're like, man, I bet no one's been here for years. And like, we look around, no one can see us over any hill for miles. And no, even if we make a fire, no one will see it, you know. And uh, to, cut the, <laughs> to cut the story short a bit, uh, a few days later, we went up one of the mountains and uh, there was this little kind of, uh, I guess, house, kind of a building that these two people are living in. And, uh, <laughs> and they're there doing yoga on the mountain. And we there, we go, hey, how's it going? You know, we talk to him and we look over the side of the mountain. You can see so clearly into our camp. It's like, oh, there's our tents. You know, <laughs> like it's right there. We're like, oh, no, they saw everything. So anyway, so we camped there for uh, for a few days. And man, one funny thing that happened there. Right, so we uh, 
what we'd do with our days was we would get up in the morning and we would uh, we'd eat something, you know, and then we'd immediately start by collecting firewood, right? And so we'd spend a lot of the day collecting firewood and doing doing manly work like that, you know. So we go out, we get all this wood, right? And then Linus sees this tree that's like up the mountain a bit, you know. You got to climb, literally climb, you know. And uh, it's it's like it looks kind of dead, and it's kind of on its side. It's legitimately a tree. It's not like a branch. It's like proper long. And so he's like, man we should get that. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, dude, let's do it. So we climb this, uh, this kind of mountainy bit, you know, and, uh, it's, you know, it's an all right climb. I'm not a climber, you know, and I'm not particularly fond of heights. And so, uh, we climb this thing, we get up to this tree and we're like pushing the tree and it's working, right? You can hear it working. It's like, right at the bottom you know and you can hear it working right so um and then our goal is because as you're pushing it you know one of these pushes it's gonna go you will go with it so our plan was as soon as it goes the other person catches the other person (laughs) so they don't fall along with the tree so we do this for a bit and then we hear these bells right and we're like what's that and then we remember that the other day we were passed by one to two hundred goats right? A lot of goats. And so we're like, oh no, the goats are coming through. And there's this, this bloke that kind of guides the goats through all the, all the mountain and stuff. So we're like, right, we've got to, we've got to wait up here and like be perfectly still and silent. So the bloke doesn't see us. And like all the goats are going to go past. It took maybe 20 minutes of us sitting up there on this kind of, I mean, th- this incline that we were on is like, it's like a 60, 70% incline. We're there holding onto a tree so we don't fall down this hill. And we're waiting for all these goats to go past. It takes so long, so long. And we're just silent. And then eventually we're like, right, okay, I think we're good. I think we're good. And then I turn to Lee and I say, man, we didn't put the food away. <laughs> and he's like, do goats eat vegetables? I'm like, dude, goats eat everything. <laughs> and so... Uh, long story short, well, long story long, uh, we we fail with getting the tree down. It does, we, we do push it, it does come over, but the roots are just so in there. Obviously, it wasn't dead enough, but we get a part of it anyway. And we go back to our camp, aubergines, gone. <laughs> Pepper, gone. <laughs> like so much of our food is just gone. The goats just totally ransacked our place, man. So that sucked. Anyway, so, man, long story long. This is what I should call the podcast, right? So we, uh, yeah, we camp in Beacon for a few days and then we leave there and we go, where do we go? We go somewhere else. We do a bit more camping, but I'll get onto that as well. And then we end up down here in Orgiva, right? I don't know how you pronounce it, but I've left Linus in a place some of you may have heard of called Beneficio. And that is, it's kind of up in the Sierra Nevada, Sierra Nevada a little bit. And it's a hippie commune, I suppose. It's, you go there, there's like 300 people living there. And there are tents, there are little huts, there's people in caravans, there's people from every country in the world there. And there's no money, they grow their own stuff, there's water from the stream. It's, it's an amazing place. And so I left Linus there and I've come here to an Airbnb. Because the company that I uh, that I work with, we uh, the other person that works with me, his his father passed away very sadly, and uh, so I'm taking control over the business in the meantime. So that's why I'm here. I'm doing quite a bit of work, and so I thought I'd record one of these. That also explains why I didn't do one last week, for I was in 
the mountains with no signal and no anything, no electric, no nothing. So that is my excuse. You know, I always have an excuse. That is mine today. So today I thought I would talk about, and I haven't thought about a title for it yet, but I've been thinking a lot about the metaphor between motorcycle travel or, or in fact, motorcycles in general and riding a motorcycle and travel, the, the metaphor between the two, right? So this is that. <laughs> so here we go. This is what I will talk about now. Here it is. Here it comes. <laughs> so I'm not going to do this in the form of a list or anything like that. It's just going to be me rambling, <laughs> as is always the case. Right then. So the first thing I was thinking of, or they're in no order, but the first thing I wrote down <laughs> was about freedom, right? Now, we all know that travel is... Well, for a lot of people, travel is freedom. Travel is the is the driving force behind someone's search for freedom. They're searching, literally searching for, for that freedom. And I know that that's why I travel. I'm constantly searching for, for that feeling. And I'll, I'll explain that feeling when it comes to bikes as well. So when I first got a bike, right, it's kind of similar to when you first get a car, right? So when I first got a bike, I, I learned to ride it. And I'm like, man, I could... I could go anywhere. It's the first time in your life when you get a, when you get a car for the first time or, or you get your license. It's the first time in your life where even if you skateboarded before, you can get far away. And, you, you know, you could, well, you could drive across the world if you really wanted to. You can get as far as you want, you know, and it's, and it's easy. And that sense of freedom, I still remember it now. I was there and I was setting off from my house on my new bike. And I'm like, man, I could... Where should I go? And then the thought just comes into your head. It doesn't matter. You can go anywhere. And so that feeling, well, people have been saying for years, decades, that that feeling is synonymous with, with motorcycles. You know, it's the, the freedom lifestyle because you can go anywhere and you've got everything on the back of the bike. It's freedom. You can get somewhere where a car can't. That's, a, that's pretty awesome. But it's also that feeling of when you're... It's that feeling of being nowhere, which I'm searching for. And I know a lot of people are searching for. And I know being nowhere is impossible. But when you're in, as they say, the middle of nowhere, oh man, nothing beats that. You know, when, you, when there's no buildings around, when there's no people around, when there's nothing around, you feel like you own that place. You are there. That is your place now. Now, when someone comes into there, you're like, hello, welcome to my place. You know, it's that feeling of freedom that I think motorcycles give and that I think travels, travels. Yeah, no, that works. I'll go with that. Travels equally give. I'll turn it into a plural. There we go. Got out of that one. So first one is the feeling of freedom. Secondly, maps. Now, when you're traveling with a car or with a motorcycle, you can use maps, right? You can just whack on Google Maps, which is, as I've learned, infinitely better than Apple Maps, even though I would like Apple Maps to be better. But <laughs> sometimes, sometimes maps are good when you want to, when you're getting to somewhere, when I, when I get to, let's try and speak properly now, when I came to this Airbnb, I, I've used maps because I had a destination in mind. However, as you can probably imagine, I enjoy turning the maps off because it, it opens up where you can go. And it's not like it's not like you can't go to those other places when you have your maps on. Like you, you can see on the road, on the map rather, you can see the road that you could take. But I think you're less likely to take it. You know what I mean? So like when you have no maps, it's like you can go down that road and where does it go? That's the question. 
<laughs> you know, it's nice not knowing. You could easily turn the maps back on, but you like to not know. So that feeling of having maps, I think that that kind of comes into travel as well because a lot of people, they go, right, I'm going to land in Germany and then from there I'm going to spend two weeks in Berlin. I'm going to go take a train. I'm going to go to Paris for three days and then from there I'm going to go down to Bordeaux. And it's like that's mapped out. It's literally mapped out. And that's nice. That's nice if you want to hit all those places, if you, if you have reasons for going there, etc. But the style of travel I like to do and the style of travel I know you guys, a lot of you guys like to do, is where you don't think about where you're going to go. Maybe you head to Vietnam and you go, I don't know, maybe I'll go through Cambodia. Maybe I'll go to Thailand. Who knows? That's the fun, right? <laughs> so the third one I was thinking about was having a passenger, right? A passenger on the motorcycle. And this is obviously the metaphor for traveling with someone else, traveling with a spouse, traveling with a friend, or solo travel, right? So we've talked to that, about this a lot before on the show. It's good both ways. There, there, are, there are pros and cons to each, right? So when you're traveling by yourself, obviously you have all that freedom. You can make all of the decisions, but there are cons that come with that. And the cons are very similar to the pros of having a passenger. So one of them that I'd like to, that I'd like to talk about is me and Linus, Linus and I, we were talking about this when we were, we were camping kind of by the roadside this one day. And, uh, and there were kind of, there were noises, you know, we were in this place we shouldn't have been in and we had to jump this fence to get in there. It's like this kind of run down kind of building with this, all this, you know, overgrown grass. And we were camping right there in the corner. And then uh, in the nighttime, right, we were just setting up and everything and uh, cooking some food. All the lights came on in this rundown building. We're like, ooh, and it's like got this garage bit and like this yard. And we're like, oh no, there's someone here. And so we're there. We're crouching down. We're looking and we're listening. We're like, oh no, what's going on? Is he going to see us? Is he going to? What's going to happen? You know. And Lena said, and this is genius. He was like, when when I'm traveling alone, because he's been hitchhiking alone, obviously. When I'm traveling alone, if this were to happen, I'd be so much more scared than uh, than if I was with someone, right? And it's strange because it's the exact same position. <laughs> but, but the fact that someone else is with you, someone else is there, gives you this heightened confidence. And you can see this in all areas of your life as well. There's this, there's this thing that I like to do and there's this thing that uh, Tim Ferriss says to do, which is fantastic. And it's a confidence kind of a confidence building technique, I suppose. And so you, I know, just noticed I haven't breathed in a long time. So it's this confidence building thing. So you go into the middle of a crowded space, right? It could be a shopping center. It could be something like that, right? And then you go right into the middle and you lie down and you just lie there for two minutes, something like that. And you're not allowed to tell anyone why you're doing it, because that's the easy way out. You can just say, I'm doing a confidence building exercise. Don't worry about it. But that's the easy way out. You, all, you, all you can say to someone, if they ask, what, what are you doing? You can just say, man, I'm just lying down for a bit. That's it. And you got to do it for two minutes. Sounds easy. <laughs> Not that easy. <laughs> However, when you, uh, so imagine that situation, you're by yourself and you're doing that. Sounds quite difficult, right? But now imagine it when you've got two or three of your friends with you, right? and maybe two of you are doing it, you're both doing it at the same time, how much easier does that sound? And, uh, and in fact, how much easier is it? It literally is so much easier to do. But what is the difference in what you're doing? There is no difference. You're doing the exact same physical movements, but there's someone with you, you have that heightened sense 
of confidence. And this is the same with travel. You know, if you find yourself in the middle of nowhere in, I don't know why I always say Vietnam, but you're in Vietnam, you're in the middle of nowhere, you're looking for somewhere to sleep and you don't know where you're going to go, you will feel so much better if there's someone with you. I don't know why that is. <laughs> I don't know why that is. Actually, I need to think about that. But, but you do. And so having a passenger, I think in this sense, gives you that extra confidence. And it's the same with travel. That's one of the pros of traveling with someone. Right. So this also goes into the role of a passenger and the, the role of a travel partner. And weirdly, it kind of goes into, what's the word? Like, like maybe, maybe roles in a marriage or something like that. Now, this is about to get weird, I suppose. So maybe I'll leave that. But <laughs> the, so with motorcycling, the rider concentrates on, well, I guess, keeping the travel on track, if we're going to use the metaphor, you know, they're carrying on going and making the turns and everything like that. The passenger has other roles. So the passenger will be looking for things off the path. The passenger can give direction. They, they have all these different roles that usually the, the rider would fulfill or would fail to fulfill because he has to concentrate on riding, right? And, uh, and so that's all their different roles. So <laughs> an example of this, we did this fantastically. So me and Leonis, Leonis and I, we, uh, we're calling ourselves the Orange Riders, right? Doesn't sound that cool, but I love it. So we're the Orange Riders because... There's, man, this is making, making us sound like proper vandals. But So in Valencia, as you may or may, not, may or may not know, there are a lot of oranges. There are a lot of <laughs> mandarins. There are a lot of things on the side of the road, you know. There's like all these trees and stuff, and they fall from the tree. And who's going to eat them if they fall from the tree? No one? No. The orange riders will. So <laughs> this is one of Linus's roles, right? So uh, we'd... <laughs> We'd see, you know, a little patch of orange trees, right? Man, this is this sounds really bad, but you know, it's fine. They're falling on the floor. It's okay. It's okay. So, uh, so I'd stop the bike. He'd get off the bike. My role is then to open up the saddlebag, right? And then he would get all these oranges and mandarins and then throw them into the saddlebag. He'd get on the bike and we'd zoom off, right? With the orange riders, man. So, <laughs> so that's one of his roles. And like, obviously, doing that without Linus is it's a little more difficult, right? So. <laughs> So that's just a little example of the different roles of different people because pillions, which is the motorcycle term for passengers, they do have those roles. And when you're traveling, I think people naturally go into those roles as well. Right. Another metaphor is when it comes to fuel and maintenance, right? Now, this works in life as well as in travel. How many times do I say that? Right. So when you're riding a motorcycle, obviously you need fuel and you need to maintain it so that it can continue to go. So if we think of fuel in a body sense, obviously our fuel is our food. Well, our physical fuel is our food. Our mental fuel is our knowledge, our information, things we learn, things we gather along the way, teachings that we listen to and teachings that we bring into our brains. So... Good quality fuel. If I were to put in anything below 82 octane, I know not a lot of you know what that means, then the bike wouldn't run very well. And it's the same as if I were to just eat cheese and chocolate and wine the entire time. My body also wouldn't run very well. And after a little while, it would go, man, I need some good stuff. Otherwise, I cannot continue to go on. And so maintenance also comes into it. I touched on this last time, but 
I feel that a lot of people need to think about exercise whilst traveling because traveling is kind of grueling. You're always on the move. And I know when I know with myself, when as soon as if I go to cities, which is unlikely, but if I do, all I do is walk around because what else is there to do in a city? So I get in there and I walk for hours and hours and hours. And so if you don't maintain a bike, if you don't change the oil, if you don't every now and then have a chill, but in a bike sense, that is, you know, servicing everything, changing the oil, etc., things like that, which is obviously metaphor for, you know, maybe staying in a nice place every now and then, maybe, you know, I don't know, not walking around every city you go to, maybe taking it easy, going to the beach, something like that, right? If you don't maintain yourself, maintain your mind and take it easy sometimes, it's the same as not maintaining a bike. Sooner or later, you're going to break down. <laughs> that sounds really bad, but <laughs> you know what I mean. So next one. Now we're getting close to the end now. I will stop rambling soon. So next one is getting back up. <laughs> this is exactly how it sounds. So just before we got to uh, Beneficio, when I was dropping off Linus, we were going up this mountain, this mountain, up a mountain in the Sierra Nevada. And uh, we actually went way too high because we asked someone at the top, but where's Beneficio? They were like, man, all the way down there. So we passed it like ages ago. So we were (laughs) right at the top of this mountain and it's a heavy incline, right? Heavy incline. And I'm like, man, we got to turn around. We got to turn around. So we're there. And, uh, and it's, yeah, imagine a big hill, the bike can kind of get up it. And then I'm kind of turning around. So (laughs) rookie, rookie error. So as I'm turning, obviously, I mean, the bike weighs a thousand pounds now. So we're, it's not looking good and we go down. (laughs) I mean, we were, we were going like half a mile an hour, but still we just topple over because there's no way you're going to hold that amount of weight. You know, like if I'd put my leg down and tried to hold that, all that weight, a thousand pounds on one leg, like nah. So, (laughs) so we went straight down and what happened when we went down is <laughs> it was funny because my leg was trapped under the bike and Linus's leg was trapped under my leg. So we were just there kind of under the bike. And he was like, dude, my leg's under your leg. I'm like, yeah, man, mine's under the bike. <laughs> like, what do we, uh, what do we, what do we do here? <laughs> Eventually we got our legs out and we just picked the bike up and, uh, and the bike was fine because it's got saddlebags and they, you know, they take the cushion the fall. But uh, we picked the bike up and uh, dust ourselves off and we laugh about it. And that, I think, is one of the best metaphors for travel. And this, you can see that that happened in every single time in the last travel log. Everything that went wrong, everything that will go wrong in travel, all you need to do, all you can do is get up, pick up the bike. That's not even a metaphor. (laughs) Dust yourself off and laugh about it. Because, I mean, think about it. Think about the metaphor. What would we do in that situation? Why would I pick the bike up and go, oh, no, oh, I can't believe we did that. Uh, When nothing is wrong, no one's hurt, the bike doesn't have a scratch on it, nothing is wrong. (laughs) Why would I react to that other than laughing? And it's the same in, I want to say any, but let's say many uh, travel situations. Say you miss your flight. You know, say you get everything (laughs) that you need, passport, wallet, phone, everything stolen, and you're supposed to get a flight the next day, you don't have your passport, Uh, loads of things like this. This actually happened to the wonderful Sarah Giblin of um, 
of Riot uh, that make the fantastic Riot bag. She lost man. Check out her blog post. I believe it'll be. I believe it'll be on riot.co.uk. I suppose R I U T. That is revolutionary user thinking. So she has a blog post all about it, and uh, and it kind of yeah. It's one of those things where you never want it to happen, but it's hard to say. Hey, dust yourself off and laugh about it. But what else can you do? I mean, yeah, you can sort stuff out and sorting stuff out, i.e., you know, getting a new passport, i.e., sorting out your documents, canceling your cards. That is picking up the bike. That is the picking up the bike. Yes, you sort that stuff out. But after you've done that, you laugh about it. So I think that's a great metaphor for travel when it comes to motorcycling. Now, the last one, man, I've got to start breathing in this. I've got to start breathing. (laughs) It's tough. It's because I'm standing up and I'm like kind of, I don't know, I'm full of energy. I haven't even had a coffee. Anyway. So the last one, and I've written this down, but I cannot remember for the life of me what I meant. So fast versus (laughs) slow travel. And I suppose what I meant by this, man, this is weird. I'm trying to remember what past me meant by something. Surely he must have meant something good. Let's try and figure it out. So with fast travel, like I was saying before, you can say, hey, I'm going to go to Berlin. And then after a week, I'm going to go to Paris. It's three days there, one day in Rome. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can do that fast travel. And it's the same on a motorcycle. I mean, I could very easily get from here, which is I'm right at the south of Spain at the moment, near Malaga, you know, not really near Malaga, but somewhere near Granada. There you go. I'm right outside of Granada. And so I could, I could easily get to Portugal in, I mean, I could do it in a day. And then I could go from there. I could go all along the top of Spain in a couple of days. Like I could get across Europe pretty quickly, right? But where's the fun in that? (laughs) You know, it's like if you're just constantly getting on an airplane and getting on a train and then going to the next place and then spending a day sightseeing and then getting on another plane, where's the fun in that, man? It's the same as driving all day or riding all day. You're traveling, I think, because you want to see things, because you want to do things, because you want to experience and because you want to find that inner freedom. And yes, (laughs) yes, you can find inner freedom on a motorcycle, on a highway. That's one of the best ways to find it. But I think that the slow travel... I think it's far more beneficial to that plight. I like to, every few days maybe, I'll ride for an hour and a half, something like that. And the freedom of the motorcycle gives me obviously that freedom of allowing to, freedom of choosing how far I can go and how far I can not go. And so I think that's what I meant by fast versus slow travel. And I really think that slow travel is, if you don't do it at the moment, I think it's worth looking into if you can do it. And I think it can be done because I'm going on so many tangents here. I I think it can be done because it's like Linus. Let's take Linus for an example, right? He doesn't use a lot of money, right? He, uh, He doesn't use a lot of money at all because he hitchhikes, right? And then he buys vegetables. He buys fruits and vegetables and he cooks them where he can. He camps when he can. And he's spending very, very little. I thought I didn't spend a lot, but man, yeah, he's killing it. Absolutely killing it. And so because he's not spending a lot and he's not wanting to spend a lot, he can afford to do slow travel. And I would I would urge people to look into that. You really don't need a lot of money. Honestly, think about it. If you have vegetables, if you have something to cook on, even if you don't, you can build a fire. <laughs> and then that's it. What, what do you need to do other than sleep somewhere if you've got a tent? and cook some food. What else do you need? And that's exactly how he's doing it. And he's hitchhiking. So he's not even spending any money on transport, man. So yeah, slow travel. I would look into that. I would definitely look into that. Right then. This has been quite a bit of a ramble, eh? I've been, uh, I've been going on quite a bit, going on quite a bit of tangents. 
it's uh it's good it's fun so i'm actually in this airbnb for the next week i'm doing a lot of stuff with the business i'm doing a lot of work-based stuff i'm actually working on the bike a bit too there's a really good ufc card on this weekend which i'm watching so <laughs> i'm doing that type of thing this is my this is my maintenance this is my motorcycle maintenance i'm changing my oils you know what i'm saying i'm kind of having that downtime and then after that i'm gonna get right back out there pick up linus from the uh from the hippie commune and we'll go out we'll be camping we'll be doing all that type of stuff so this is my maintenance and also i'm going to be doing maintenance on the bike so it works kind of well so next week next week i will have i will have just been here for a week but i think tell you what i think i will do another travel log hmm i'll have a think about it because i won't have <laughs> i won't have been doing any traveling per se in that time but i think i will have been thinking a lot so i'll have i'll have some uh, maybe some more interesting things to say regarding travel and regarding my thoughts and things that have gone on and things that I haven't remembered this time. But mainly, I just love talking into this microphone. I just love talking to you guys. And I like it when you tell me what you think of the episode. I love that. So a lot of people have been talking to me on Instagram. So that's at Backpack Digital, right? So I'm on there and I'm doing pictures. And I said this last time, pictures and videos, that's what you do on Instagram, you know? So I'm on there. And that's pretty much the only way to... Uh, the only way to interact with me aside from obviously my phone number which uh yeah why not so my phone number is <laughs> seriously so if you want to talk to me seriously in fact i have signal here just give me a call right i love talking to people but the only problem is i will talk to you for literally hours so you'll have to say look mate that, that's an, just stop 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 it now mate so <laughs> my phone number is plus 44 double seven four five double eight nine four seven two Give me a text. Give me a call. I love talking to people. Cool. This was fun. I will be talking to you guys again next week if I have some good thoughts. And maybe I'll write something down. Maybe I'll have a bit of a better plan. And it'll sound more cohesive and less rambly. Rambly. So I'll talk to you guys then. Nice talking to you. Speak to you soon. <laughs>